here I was. I just moved to Portland. It was the winter of 2017. It was the rainiest winter on record. I was like, what have I gotten myself into? My dog was soaking wet all the time. <laughs> and and I reached, you know, the number on the scale reached an all-time high. And I just, I, pictures came back from South Africa. And I was like, I didn't even recognize myself. And um, I didn't feel like myself. I didn't recognize myself. So... Shortly thereafter, I went home to Colorado to visit my mom, and she said, let's use this time that you're home to turn the weight around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. So I have to tell y'all, oh, well, there's my Texas showing. (laughs) I am one of the many people who has been finding it challenging to keep the weight off this year. I eat pretty healthy and I exercise every day, pretty much. So I have to say, it's very frustrating. It makes me wonder if it's the menopause hormones. Yes, I went there again, guys, sorry. Or if it's just that good friend we all know and love, stress. Because I mean, it's been a stressful year, right? Yep, one hot mess of a year. (laughs) Anyway, I'm at the point where I'm open to trying something new. And I've been curious about intermittent fasting, but I've also been skeptical and dubious about it. I'm always a little suspicious of diet programs, and I've always been a snacker. (laughs) So going long times between meals, not very appealing to me. But anyway, I recently met a woman who had an amazing personal transformation when she discovered intermittent fasting. And the change was so profound for her that she's since become an expert and coach teaching other people how to incorporate it into their lives. And I'm so excited that she's our guest today. Uh, I'm talking to Lori Lewis of Fast Forward Wellness, and I can't wait for you to hear her story. So let's just jump right in. Let's go. Hi, Lori. Thank you so much for being with me today. Hi, Yvonne. This is great. It is great. Um, Man, it has just been so long since we first talked. Uh, We met in Clubhouse. and We did. Yeah. And then we've kind of been, we had a nice little phone call afterwards. And so tell me a little bit about what's going on for you right now. Just catch us up on your life right now, right this moment. You got clients that you're working with, right? Yes. I have clients that I'm working with. I'm at the tail end of my group program. I was kind of a Zoom pioneer. I started leading classes well over two and a half years ago and had to teach everybody how to use Zoom. And now- I don't. There you go. Oh my gosh. What, what a revelation zoom has been. I was slow to it. I was always actually really nervous about getting on zoom and now it just feels like second nature. Crazy. Here we are. Thank goodness for it. I know that it can be exhausting to sit in one place and stare at that camera, but to be face to face with a person, I have clients right now in Ghana and New Zealand and Tokyo and Scotland and the US and and Canada, of course, but it's just amazing to be able to figure out what time it is there for them and schedule our face-to-face conversations. so cool. What a miracle. It is. This, man, the being able to be connected. I've actually made friends this year on Zoom who are now like really like we're in touch on a constant basis now. And I, I don't know. I don't know what their body looks like from below their chest. That's hilarious. I never thought of that, actually. (laughs) I don't know what the rest of you looks like. (laughs) It's very weird. But anyway, it's been great. So let's back up a little bit. So you've got your, your, we're, we're already talking about you having clients. So you've got fast forward wellness and 
I want to back up a little bit and talk about who you were and where you were personally before you started your business. Cause I know that there was a, a pivot there for you. And yes. I want to get everybody filled in on what the journey has been like for you. A lot of pivots. Pivot number one was I had a career in retailing, specializing in strategic marketing and branding, and I got laid off. And that from a job that I really loved, I loved oh. my boss. I reported to the chief marketing officer at JP Morgan Chase, and I loved my boss. I loved my coworkers. I loved my employees, and I loved the nature of my work. So that was startling. The other startling thing was perimenopause came as a strange surprise. Like we we've heard of it. We kind of know things are going to change. Like you hear some things about night sweats or hot flashes, and then your period stops and then you get, you know, some people suffer, some people don't, but the whole totality of the experience, and I know it's different for everyone, but my experience was it was brutal. And then when menopause hit, I suddenly gained 50 pounds. So my whole body shifted. My wow. mind was foggy. My equilibrium was off. So my physical, emotional, and cognitive self changed. My employed self changed. All at the then, same time. So, so, yeah. so the layoff happened right in the swirl storm yeah. of this perimenopause menopause thing. That's right. Good grief. Uh-huh. And then yeah. shortly thereafter, uh. I moved across the whole country to Portland. Now people are like, oh yeah, you must've been tired of New York. I'm like, no, I love New York. I love New York city. I lived there. I wanted to live there since I was five years old. I loved every minute of the nearly 25 years I lived there, but something called me across the whole country to Portland where I do feel very grounded, but my goodness, that a, a complete head to toe and total <laughs> flip in yeah. all the ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was it so seriously like going back? Okay. So I also had the thing. I always wanted to live in New York, moved there, mm. lived there for close to 10 years, loved it, ended up leaving because my husband went to grad school in DC. And then when we, and then we had small kids. So we, we came back to where he grew up in Norwalk, Connecticut for family support and that whole thing. But what Portland was calling you. So tell me, I also love New York, miss it. What, what, what happened? Like what, what was your first thing that said Portland? I'm going. I came, well, I, some of my earliest childhood memories are on the Oregon coast. And, oh, um, okay. so when I was, you grew super up in Colorado, little, right? I did. But when I was very little, we lived in Seattle. So my oh. earliest childhood memories are of that misty, drizzly, hilly, you know, and so I I kind of feel it in my, even though I'm a sunshiny snow, Colorado girl, I I don't know. I've lived in a lot of places and it's all in me in a good way. And um, so I'm familiar with this environment here and I'd been to Portland, you know, been here, but uh, didn't really know it well. And I came for a conference, a personal conference that a friend invited me to that was a lot of fun and engaging. It's called the World Domination Summit. Chris Gillibo started this this conference about 10 years ago. And um, people think world domination, what the heck is that? It's so the values are um, community service and adventure. And the inquiry is how to live a remarkable life in a conventional world. And I seem kind of conventional, but underneath boiling underneath the surface is I want to do things different. I just want to be able to be myself, right? I think everybody really does. And I've um, always followed my whims, actually. (laughs) And so the whole time I was here for this world domination summit, people kept asking me if I was moving to Portland. People weren't asking other people if they were moving to Portland. They were asking me if I was moving to Portland. And I was like, I'm moving to Portland. (laughs) That's so funny. Wow. So then one of my friends who lives in San Francisco, she's like, maybe, Lori Lewis, maybe your heart's in New York, but your soul is in Portland. I'm like, stop already. That's ridiculous. (laughs) And then I had another chance to come back. And then some friends who live here invited me in the winter when it was pouring down rain all the time. And I liked it. And all of a sudden, like maybe two years later, so it was then it was 2017. Wow. My friend said, so 
are you moving here? And I was like, yeah, it was 2016 when I made the decision and 2017 when I moved here. So wild, right? And here I am. And I live in the cutest little place as a wood burning fireplace. I have a parking spot, which a parking spot when I moved here, I I didn't even have a car. And had a car in 30 years. And um, it's just adorable. And to be here in this place that feels like a gentle, grounded nest, especially during COVID, was an yeah. absolute blessing. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful, yeah. just immeasurably grateful. Wow. Wow. I remember you told me a story when we were, um, when we talked last time about falling down the stairs yeah in new york in the subway subway. right and that was part of your perimenopause Mm -hmm. thing right i i i want to know about that because that was was a massive thing that was a massive event for you wasn't it i was so off balance i Like I think of going in those long escalators um, down into the subway and I would have to hold on because I felt so off kilter. Same thing with stepping downstairs. Now I'm an athlete. I've been a marathon runner. I'm a yogi. You know, I always say I'm an advanced, I'm an experienced beginner. I've been an experienced beginner for my entire yoga (laughs) practice career. I don't even even know what, what category I fit into, but experienced beginner sounds safe. I I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that. (laughs) That is right on. I mean, I can hold tree kind of well, you know, but so to not be able to walk down a flight of steps without holding the railing when I was 40 eight years old was weird. And so I stumbled and scary. It was the, I bet. Oh my gosh. I can't yeah. imagine what that it was on the mind. street level. So I was on 14th and eighth Avenue at the ACE L train entrance. And, um, I was reaching for the hand, the rail and I tripped on the top step and I literally went face down, boom, 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 just, and then I oh found my myself gosh. basically at the bottom of the steps and people stepped over me <laughs> and uh, people are like, and you still love New York? Yes, I do. But that was not a great experience. That is unbelievable that nobody stopped to help you. Yeah. I was just crumpled. <laughs> that is nuts. That is so crazy. Oh my gosh. I wish I had been there. <laughs> Thank you. I know it's, it's um, the only way I can describe it is I just did not know myself. I felt like I'd been taken over by an alien, like an on balance, clear, sharp, athletic, quick decision-making, you know, <laughs> alert person turned into a foggy lumbering in pain, head to toe. I was never diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I don't think that I had it, but it, it was that kind of, when people with fibromyalgia describe the pain that they're in, that's that seemed like what it was like. And they kind of, the that kind of goes in hand with like a chronic fatigue syndrome, those mm-hmm. symptoms, right? So were you tired yeah. all the time too? Yeah. I yeah. had a total adrenal crash also, which came from never eating dinner before 9 p.m., usually 10 p.m., which means you don't get to sleep until 2 a.m., but then you're, yeah, that's, I, I didn't realize how much stress I was under as, like, I just, three different doctors, they were like, you need to reduce stress. I'm like, stress, what stress? They're like, oh, you don't even know you're under stress. You're a real problem case. (laughs) That, and you're not alone. (laughs) You are not alone. I have talked to other guests who also had careers that were successful. They, I mean, they were C-suite, you know, doing their thing. And it took a physical, um, their body telling them, bam, yeah. you know, some something happened for them and then tapped them into the awareness that, oh, Oh, I'm not on the right path for me. Yeah. And I've since learned so many women have this similar experience around 47, 48, 49, that Mm -hmm. the body is just like, 
time out, game over, can't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's oftentimes with perimenopause and menopause, what arises are, are other autoimmune diseases and the body's literally saying you've stuffed down this stress for so long and we're about to embark upon a giant hormonal shift and you, you, you work, if you're not going to stop yourself, we're going to stop you. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So what happened next? Like, did you, did you, so did the move to Portland, was that part of what started to get you on a better path or did you figure things out for yourself before your move? No, I moved here and, um, I went to South Africa that winter. It was incredible. My aunt and Mm. uncle are in their early eighties and they love to travel and they needed some extra help. So I was their Sherpa and guide and time teller and tip giver and organizer. And uh, we went to Kruger. I mean, it was just absolutely magical. I could drive around in a Jeep every day for the rest of my life, looking at animals. It was just absolutely one day. The most magical day I saw 44 elephants in one day. And it's like, how, why did I start counting? Well, I started counting because I remembered like the first five and then there was a giant herd. So I was like, oh, I'm going to count them all. And then, and then there were more and I added to it. And then at the end of the day, there were, so I thought at that point, well, whenever I have an amazing day, I'm just going to call it a 44 elephant day. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Oh, wow. But I got bit by three ticks. And I didn't know it. And I got oh. African tick bite fever, which doctors in Portland were not familiar with. <laughs> so I, I have always avoided antibiotics personally, you know, they hand them out like candy and I'm like, mm. so mm-hmm. that's just been my personal thing. When they said around a 30 day round of antibiotics, I couldn't take them fast enough because <laughs> I was like head to toe. It was crazy, crazy African tick bite fever. So here I was, I just moved to Portland. It was the winter of 2017. It was the rainiest winter on record. I was like, what have I gotten myself into? My dog was soaking (laughs) wet all the time. (laughs) And, and I reached, you know, the number on the scale reached an all time high. And I just, I, the pictures came back from South Africa and I was like, I didn't even recognize myself. And Um, I didn't feel like myself. I didn't recognize myself. So shortly thereafter, I went home to Colorado to visit my mom. And she said, let's use this time that you're home to turn the weight around. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) As only a mother can. And only a daughter's ears can hear it the way a daughter's ears hear that, which oh, is not awesome. <laughs> Spot on. Spot I've on. I've had many men hear that and they're like, oh, how helpful. I'm like, not helpful. <laughs> not helpful. <laughs> so I wailed. I, li- I was 54 years old and I literally turned into a, a screaming and kicking toddler, you know, somewhere between, somewhere between two and a half and seven years old. Yeah. We're, you know, we're not too old to do that. Are we? Oh my goodness. It happened. She listened. I wailed. I was like, what do you think I've, what do you think I've been doing for four and a half years? You know, (laughs) trying, 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 trying everything, trying to feel better, doing everything I can to feel better. All the tricks that I did in the past to five or 10 or 15 pounds came on. I knew exactly what to do to take it up, you know, suffer a little bit with, you know, go to the gym a little more and it would turn it right around. Well, that those things didn't work. So she listened to me wailing and she said with her eyes wide and her ears really listening, she said, let's pray for an answer. Cause there was clearly I had done everything and I was at my wit's end and I had just, you can tell that I'm an optimistic person. Right. And I had just gotten to this point where I thought, Oh, is it really all downhill from here? Like, do I have to subscribe to this? Isn't that the scariest damn thought? The worst. I'm with you. Oh my gosh. I, I was there. I was there. Like I have to roll with it. Like, Oh, I have to agree to this belief that it gets worse and worse forever. It's foggier, sicker, heavier, you know, in, in more and more pain, more medication, and then you kick it. I'm like, oh, I have to roll with that. 
so that's where I was like, oh man, but I had just enough of a glimmer of hope in my mom saying, let's pray for an answer that I thought maybe there's an answer. There's still gotta be, I, there's still gotta be an answer. There's a way, there's a way I felt like these hormones were all out of whack. Uh, it felt hormonal. Everything about it felt hormonal. And so, and I was going to acupuncture, I was doing everything and uh, except I would, decided for myself to not take bioidentical hormones or hormone therapy replacement, replacement therapy. Um, it was just a personal decision somewhere in the back of my mind. I kept having this thought, which was that, like my mom said, there's an, there's an answer. I was like, okay, bring it. Like how long do I have to wait for this? And that night I tucked in bed and I pulled out my phone as we know we shouldn't do, but we do. I do still. We all do. Like I teach people good sleep hygiene and I'm like, put those phones, put those electronics away. And then I'm there. I am Uh, face to face with it. (laughs) And I Googled what I always had, like hormonal menopausal, stubborn fat help, you know, and up popped these words, intermittent fasting. And I'd never, I knew what like long-term therapeutic water fasting you know, you go to Hippocrates or True North and under medical supervision. And, but I didn't know that you could pause from eating as a way of healing every day. I had no clue. So I, I was, I stayed up all night and I read all about it. And I stumbled down in the morning as the sun was hitting the peaks. And I said to my mom, I think I found something. It's, it sounds kind of crazy, but I'm going to skip a meal. I'm not, I'm not going to eat till noon. And she was like, that's it. That, sounds good. How may I support you? And uh, so I started this wow. intermittent fasting journey of mine. It's been nearly four years now um, with this loving support of my mother. So I know that I joke and I say, she asked that fateful, horrible question, uh, you know, said, let's the Royal, we let's use this time that you're home. <laughs> but her, her prayers, her love, her wisdom, her mm-hmm. enduring support mm-hmm. got me started. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what moms and, are there for. Right? Oh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. So it's been four years. Yeah. And never then, missed a day. Tell me more. Like what, what started to happen for you when you started down that path? Like did you see something immediately change? Did, yeah. did you say, I'm going to try this for 30 days? Like, wh- what were you telling yourself? Oh, that's interesting about the, uh, nobody's ever asked me what I told myself and gave myself in terms of a goal in the beginning. Let me think. I think it was probably, I was home with her for a good long stay. It was like three weeks, maybe mm-hmm. more. I used to go home. <clears throat> she passed this year. Um, that I used to go home when my brother so would travel, sorry. so I would be with her. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, so it was a good long stay, many weeks. So I definitely would have put in my mind, like, yeah, I'll do this while I'm here. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt better in three days. I mm. felt better, like the feeling of myself. Like I felt like myself again. I just felt brighter, clearer, just like skipping a meal, just that simple. Mm-hmm. So you just got up in the morning and you just didn't eat. That's right. And were you hungry? Yes. And I learned that those hungry feelings that we think are hunger, it's just an alert system. <laughs> it's not actual hunger. It's hormonal. It's, it's, stomach acids adjusting, it's our digestive tract readying itself and saying, Hey, tap, tap, tap. You ate yesterday at this time. We're ready. (laughs) It's like, we're ready for you to feed us, but it's not actual hunger and it comes in waves. It doesn't get worse and worse and worse. And, um, I feel lucky in that I have never actually enjoyed breakfast. I, I, I think back, you know, hindsight's 2020, the times in my life that I put on some weight or when I subscribe to this idea that we should eat breakfast. And I always know with my running, uh, if a coach or an experienced 
runner said, you know, you have to eat this or that before you run. I felt terribly like I could not. So then I would keep it a secret. Like I'm running without eating first, you know, cause you're supposed to have a little oatmeal or whatever you're supposed to have. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. Can't do it. Feel terrible. And, um, the other thing that I discovered was when I made this decision that I was going to push off eating until later, I went to the health food store and I bought all these fancy teas and <laughs> like activated charcoal and lemongrass and ginger and, you know, detox. And, <clears throat> and I realized within the first two weeks that whenever I had a cup of tea, it made me feel really hungry, like ravenously hungry. Like I couldn't make it till noon. So oh. I put two and two together. I was like, well, I don't like that feeling. So I'm not going to have these teas anymore. Uh -huh. So I learned that those flavors, those nutrients, the herbal concoctions were actually preparing my, readying my body for food. And then when I didn't feed it, it got kind of grumpy. What, so, what made you decide to go get the teas in the first place? Because I felt like, oh, they're good for you. They're cleansing, you know, I mean, gotcha. so it wasn't this. anything you saw as part of like a recommendation for fasting was to go get the teas. It was just like, oh, these are good for you. And this will be something I can do to stave off right. hunger in the meantime, or keep my mouth busy or. Yeah. Right. It's right? A, a cleansing, entertaining. Right. If I can't, if I can't have anything, if I'm not allowed to have anything. I, I guess I'm allowed to have herbal healthful teas, right? It makes uh -huh. sense, I guess. And, and yeah. there's so much conflicting information out there in the, in, in the internet and everywhere is. that uh, what's a ever it's human nature, especially in our culture. We just want to know how we can cut the corners. <laughs> you know, it's like Absolutely. what's allowed, right? And uh, we love cutting corners. And so, if someone says you're allowed to have this, people are like, "Well, I'm allowed to have it," without even learning what's actually happening in your body when you have that, right? So, I now, well, I pretty quickly, as I said on my own, figured out mm, plain black coffee a cup of coffee. I've dramatically in the last 10 years reduced my coffee intake. I have one little tiny, I'm still nursing this one for it's cold now, you know, and, uh, one little cup of black coffee. I often don't finish it and then plain water. And that puts the body into this beautiful state of repair, so deep cellular repair, digestive, hormonal, um, <clears throat> metabolic rest, and then I get to eat later. And it's funny, I was talking to someone the other day and they were like, oh, I feel kind of dumb, but I thought maybe intermittent fasters didn't like food. It's like, what? <laughs> we love our food more than anybody because we have this eating window and you get to say how long your eating window is. I started with an eight hour eating window with two meals. And then that just felt natural. It's, I didn't push to go longer. It just felt natural to fast a little longer and have a shorter eating window. And uh, so if you're eating in an eating window, you get kind of snobby about the quality of the food that you'll be eating because we just don't eat all the time. So it better be good. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So what do you like to eat when you're in your eating window? <laughs> well, I, um, I learned, this is one of the things I learned that I, let's see, I love going to the farmer's market. And when I got back from Colorado, it was the summer, early summer of 2017, I went to the farmer's market and I got all these purple potatoes, which are so yummy. And I remember grating them and making potato pancakes and frying them up with a little coconut oil and they were nice and crispy. And I ate them at, I don't know, noon or one or two or something to open my eating window. And I immediately felt like I had to take a nap. Like it was like a sleepy, the sleepiest mm. feeling you can imagine. And they were delicious, but I couldn't have that sleepy feeling in the middle of the day. Right. And then I learned and I experimented and I heard from others that if you have fat to open your eating window, you don't have that sleepy feeling. So I started opening my eating window with um, olives. They're these Trader Joe's little packets of green olives or 10 olives in a little packet. And I always have one of those little packets with me in my bag. If I'm out and about and I decide I want to open my eating window, break my fast. And those little, little 
fat, I call it my little fat, fat bombs. <laughs> little fat bombs. Little fat snack. There, I, I love the saltiness and, and uh, it's so satiating and it doesn't make me feel sleepy. Some people really like to do a combination of like greens and protein and fat to open their eating window and then save the carbohydrates for later. Um, so I love sometimes a hard boiled egg or half an avocado. I mean, I, I, I love, I love what I open my eating window with. It's so satisfying and put those, um, everything but the bagel seasonings on and on the avocado. Yum. And then mm. I just pause and I wait a little later to see what else I want. And I, people are like, wow, you must, um, be calorie restricting or it's like, no, 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 no. You should see me eat. <laughs> I, some days the body asks for a lot of food, other days less. What happens, one of the amazing things that happens with having a daily fasting regimen is you can hear your body informing you of what it needs in terms of food and quantity of food. So there's no calorie counting or measuring. It's just your body's and my body's informing me of how hungry it is today. And then I feed it until I'm satisfied. And you've just learned to listen to the cues and That's know right. the difference between a false cue and a real cue. How do you know? Yeah, know. it's a, it's a feel, it's a totally experiential. I liken it to, so we all know what it's like to ride a bike, right? Like there's mm -hmm. this moment of balance and there's the first time you learned and you got it. And then if you're not on a bike for a while, you might be a little wobbly, but you can you have that, you have it right. So, but you can't describe to, you could read a book on how to ride a bike, but that is not the same thing as riding it. Right. It's right. like that moment. Oh, I'm balanced. And, uh, or with anything that's beautiful, like watching a symphony, how do you describe that? I, or listening to the symphony or watching a sunset over the grand Canyon. There's no, there are no words. Like I can't explain it, but, the, but right. your body is, steering you towards what it needs. And there's experience, which I know is really hard for people to imagine because we eat all the time. We're hungry all the time. It's counter. It's the opposite of what you think. <clears throat> so if we're used to being hungry all the time in our society and needing more and more food, the idea of pausing from food just sounds terrible because we're hungry all the time, except when you train your body, it takes about two weeks when you train your body to tap into your own fat stores for fuel, it does it just easily at some point. It's like, oh, there's plenty of fuel here. Yay. <laughs> Up until now, it didn't know how to do that because we didn't give it a chance. And so when you're in that bright feeling, that bright energy of burning your own body fat for fuel, you do uh, feel pleasure in the continuing of the fast. And then in the eating window, your body actually tells you when you've had enough food. And so, which is hard to, as I was saying, it's really hard for people to imagine that feeling of satiety because we're used mm -hmm. to eating till we're stuffed. Like we have to unbutton our top button or mm -hmm. we're stuffed. It's not like satiety isn't like that. Satiety is, let's say, okay. One of my clients said a few weeks ago, she said the family got a giant pizza and everybody had their slices and there was one slice left in the box in the middle of the table or wherever it was. And in the past, she would have just dove for it. that pizza slice would not have lived like it had to have been eaten by her. <laughs> <laughs> and she, after being an intermittent faster for like, I don't know, three or four months, she, she said in our call, she was just like, oh, it happened. I got it. I, I experienced it. She was like, I saw that slice there. And I was not interested. What it feels like is uh, I've eaten, I've enjoyed my food. It's delicious and nutritious. And then the body goes, done, not, in, not interested anymore. You're done. You can stop eating now. Gotcha. And that's, that's unfamiliar for people. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh my gosh, I have so many questions. My brain is kind of exploding right now. Yay! I, I want to go back to, you said it took you three days and then three days yeah. in, you really started to feel good. Mm -hmm. um, so then what happened? Let's go back to those er that early time for you. So you, you three days in, you're feeling better. And then what? Well, I um, didn't have a scale at my mom's house, which 
it's so great talking to you because I'm remembering things I hadn't remembered in a long time. Like I forgot that in the beginning, I also didn't have a scale with me. So I was curious, of course, but my mom was so adorable. She, she would say, looking great, honey. I'm like, mom, I look exactly the same. She'd be like, no, you look a little different. Like, Okay. Well, I know I feel, and oh, when I started too, I said to her, if I start to feel badly, I won't do it. And if I start being cranky, like I thought if I turned into a monster, like I wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely one of those hangry, hangry girls. Like if I get hungry, I get first, I get stupid and then I get mean. (laughs) What's so great is you get people get over that really, really quickly and you just ease into it. And yeah. So I, um, I felt for step one, I felt so much better. Step two, I felt, um, I, I felt stronger. Like I remember going to a yoga weekend. It was like a three day weekend in the town where my mom lived. And, uh, you know, that's a lot, like all day trainings for three days. I felt amazing. I felt much stronger and in my practice and I was sleeping better. And were you drinking more water just out of curiosity? Did you find yourself drinking water to, I naturally drink more water when I'm home in Colorado because of the arid climate, Mm, I'm conscious of getting more hydration when I'm there and the the altitude, right? Yeah. You gotta, yeah. 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 Okay. I'm not, I don't subscribe to this over drinking water common, you know, trend that we're in this people are like aren't you supposed to drink half your body weight in ounces of water I'm like that's all made up show me the research for that it's like it's just I call it medical mythology like people just keep saying the same thing over and over until everybody believes it's truth um uh, do I believe in drinking water yes absolutely I have a practice where I fill a glass of water and big glass and put it next to my bed at night and then I drink the whole thing in the morning when I wake up it's there. It's just sitting right there waiting for me. I drink the whole thing. There's one glass down check. <laughs> and uh, yes, I would find in the beginning that I drank more water out of boredom and to kind of fill myself up and mm-hmm. to prolong, you know, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but I wasn't, you know, carrying a giant gallon of water around trying to force myself to drink it. <laughs> no. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So it just naturally happened based on yeah. a lot of different things that were going on. You had, yes. you know, your location and all that stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you do your yoga, you, you, you're on the weekend, you're feeling great. Mm-hmm. And how many weeks in are you at this point? Well, when I got back to Portland, which I think, you know, I'm kind of doing the math and trying to remember the calendar in my mind. I feel like I was gone for about three, three and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. And when I got back to my yoga studio here in Portland, I remember walking in and someone saying, wow, what are you doing? You look great. So, but there's a brightness also. So um, I don't remember how much weight I'd lost in those first three weeks. It might've just been like five pounds. I, I don't know. Um, but I know that I looked and felt different. And I went to Dallas for a business trip. Then I was doing some freelance consulting work and I had a project in Dallas and I met up with some close college friends. And it was the first time in years that I stood in front of the camera and felt fine. Like, and it wasn't, mm. it wasn't a dramatic, I just felt different. I mm-hmm. felt better. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel like my skin and my eyes looked differently. Like I just, I mean, really, isn't that what we all want? It's, yes. It's, it's like, it's not about the outer shell. It, it's, it's about like, what can you feel like? I'm going to cry. I mean, it's, it's really is about what, how we feel. I know it and it's it's not linear and right. it's actually not logical. It's not logical to our brains and our culture and this time to think that, oh, well, I'm gonna pause from eating and feel better, just naturally, intrinsically, deeply, viscerally feel better. Like uh, mm. uh, you can't explain it. Mm. Except 
the way that I try and hook into people's logical modern brains is to say the if it sounds too good to be true, it is in that it so matches the design of our human bodies that it has integrity, which is not like a high moral value. It Integrity is that it works. This is how our body works. This is how it's designed to pause, heal and repair, eat delicious, nutritious food later. It's not starvation. It's, it's like a voluntary fasting, <laughs> refraining from food for a period of time each day to allow the body to heal. And the allowing the body to heal actually allows us to heal emotionally and cognitively. And I say spiritually too. It's a sacred practice. Can you tell me more about what it, so what is it about it that allows the body to heal? It's so complicated. I'll just, it's so complicated, of course, right? Yeah. Every cell in our body has insulin and We'll start with insulin. Insulin is secreted by the pancreas. It's, we think of it as the blood sugar regulator, right? <laughs> it's also a fat storage hormone. Insulin's a hormone. People don't know that. We have over 80 hormones that are these little chemical messengers in this intricate and magnificent hierarchy of communication. And every little hormone has its little job and they're interrelated. And some are, some seem to be more important than others. And insulin, cortisol are those super important ones. And when we're eating all the time, we're keeping insulin high and never tapping into our fat stores. In fact, we're storing more, storing more, storing more excess blood sugar stored as fat, glycogen in the liver and the muscles, and then high blood glucose, glucose in our blood. When we can day after day after day after day, keep that insulin low when we're fasting, we're then able to tap into our own body fat stores. Now that's appealing if you wanna lose body fat. It's also appealing if you wanna fuel your brain on ketone bodies and not glucose. So they're now calling in, uh, Alzheimer's type three diabetes because it's a matter of toxic insulinemia one of the facets of Alzheimer's. Hmm. And so if we can ward off dementia, ward off Alzheimer's by pausing from eating and getting our insulin to a normal baseline level and then eating later. Now people ask about the eating. Of course, the first thing everybody asks them is then what do I eat? Then it's a matter of discovering what your body needs. And a lot of people eat the ketogenic diet, which was, which is soup, for low carb, high fat, moderate protein. Other people eat paleo. Other people do the whole 30 for 30 days or forever. You know, everybody's body. I have, I've been a vegetarian for over 20 years. So you asked earlier what I look forward to eat. I mean, I mean, if I could eat a veggie lasagna or a veggie burrito every day, or, you know, I, I eat as I please. I say to people, I eat this particular way when I was lean and running marathons and feeling great in my early forties, I ate exactly the same way when I gained 50 pounds and I, the exact same way when I lost 50 pounds, the food did not change. The hormonal shift of menopause <laughs> changed me <laughs> and then the intermittent fasting reversed that excess weight and all of the complications wow. and challenges of menopause. And to go back to that whole idea, because you mentioned earlier that you chose not to do hormone replacement therapy. So yep. that's something that you've, you've continued. So that wasn't something that you eventually decided, you know what, I'm going to try that to help manage this. You have done it completely through the intermittent fasting. Yep. All my levels normalized. Now I don't mm -hmm. despair. I, I encourage, I want my clients and friends and, and people around me to go to their, whatever kind of doctor you like, mm -hmm. whether it's a naturopath or an acupuncturist or a, an endocrinologist or, you know, functional medicine, MD, go to the doctor you like and get all your hormone levels tested from fasting insulin to all six thyroid tests and the thyroid antibodies. And most physicians don't do all these tests. They don't do the tests for us when we're in perimenopause or menopause. They just say, it's a condition. You, you got to go through it. Why would we test? You're, it's like, 
Well, I would test because if my estrogen, progesterone and testosterone levels and cortisol and were still off, I would want to work with my doctor to get them balanced. Mm-hmm. So, but people do find, I have a friend whose 80 year old mom started intermittent fasting and was able to reduce and then come off her thyroid medication that she'd been on for 30, 30 years. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. It's a beautiful discovery. That is, that is amazing. Yeah. I tell, I, so, so the thing, my weakness used to be, and I, I say used to be, cause I think I've finally managed this is, um, cereal at night. Oh my wow. gosh. Ever since, what since is I was about cereal at night that you enjoy. <laughs> well, first of all, I love cereal. I'm just going to say it out. Like it is one of my favorite, it's my favorite food group, cereal. And, uh, I, my parents would laugh if they were listening to this right now, cause I would get up in the morning and I, I have always loved breakfast. Oh my gosh. Like d- you can't put it in front of me fast enough. And I remember when I was in my, when I was in my twenties and I thought, dang, what happens if I ever do have, I had kids late and I was like, if I ever have kids and they need me to do stuff in the morning and I haven't eaten my breakfast, how am I going to be a decent mom? Like I'm going to be a cranky, just awful, awful mom. And that is hilarious. (laughs) It's hilarious. It's, I was really worried. And, and I would always have, so, and really when I was young, I could do cereal in the morning cereal in the day in the afternoon and cereal again at night, you know, and in between all like I'm a constant eater. I am like a whoop, 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 eat constant, like, and low blood sugar dips. And I was like, well, I can manage the low blood sugar dips with constant feeding. That's right. Um, yep. and then as I got, you know, into my forties, all that started to catch up with me. Right. And especially late forties, I was, so you talked about being around 48. That's like around 48 is when I was the heaviest I had ever been. Mm. It was like my baby fat weight never totally left. And it was creeping, creeping, creeping up very slowly, you know? And I was like brain fog and all, all this stuff, um, ended up like, I, I didn't start the fasting, but for me, it was, uh, just waking up in the mornings and meditating and exercising and I didn't eat right away. So maybe that, you know, part of it. And I'm about a month into that morning routine change that I made for myself. My son actually one day randomly was like, you seem happier, you know? And I think it's the same effect you were getting from your mom and the people who hadn't seen you in a few weeks. And all of a sudden you show up and you've got this glow about you, whether or not you lost a lot of weight or not. Right. There was something shifted within you. And I'm like, Hmm. And that's when I realized I didn't have to eat first thing in the morning. Right. (laughs) Like I could, I could do all the other stuff and wait. Um, and and also I had given up cereal at night for a while there and the, and really the weight, like dropped off. I wasn't trying okay. to internet intermittent fast or anything like that, but maybe like it was, so we could look. So people think right? they're not doing it or they think it's not for everyone, but, but let's take a look. So if you weren't having your late night cereal, which is awesome that you stopped that for a while, you said you stopped that for a while. And then um, I brought it back and now I'm trying to manage that again, every now and again, yeah. like, like I think last night, Oh, I was doing some stressful stuff. And I was like, I'm having a bowl of cereal, total stress eating. Cause it's re- relaxing. It's comforting for you. Okay. So let's see what time, when you weren't doing that, what time would you s- estimate generally that you stopped eating dinner? Yeah, we eat pretty early. So I would say I was done eating by about seven thirty. I tried to stop intake after seven 30. Perfect. Okay. Seven 30. Yeah. And then I would and get then up at you- five work okay. out then and maybe slept, eat at, at 6 30, maybe seven, you know? Okay. So you almost did a 12 hour fast. So almost. there's research that shows that people who do a 12, 12, so you take the 24 hour day and you chop it into the fasting hours and the eating window eating hours. And so people who are conscious of 12, 12, which would have been seven thirty PM to seven thirty AM, 
mm-hmm. eating after 7:30 a.m. extend their lifespan. Longevity increases. 12 12. And so when people say, oh, I don't know if intermittent fasting is for everyone, it's like, well, you know, I'll talk to some, some doctors will say that, or nutritionists often say that. And I'll say, if you had a patient, you know, with whatever, I'll say, tell me your most complicated patient. And they will. And I said, if they stopped eating dinner, if they stopped intake of any flavors or sweetness or, you know, at 7 p.m., and then they had plain water and slept and woke up and had plain water and maybe plain black coffee and ate breakfast or had their creamy coffee after 7 a.m., so 12 hours later, would you think that was a good idea? And they were like, of course. I'm like, okay, that's intermittent fasting. <laughs> it's funny, right? It's like, what do you yeah. call it? What do you call it? That's interesting. And I hear right. a lot about, a lot of people recommend like a lemon water thing in the morning, but not in relation to inter- intermittent fasting, just as a way to replace electrolytes and stuff like that. Does that, is that something that you would avoid or? Yeah. I would yeah. avoid it. And I love lemon. People are like lemon so healthy. Of course it is. Have it in your eating window. <laughs> so, and you get to say when the eating window is, if, if you're like, I don't want to be like you, Lori Lewis, and eat one meal and a snack in a shortened eating window. Like for me, that's, that's my sweet spot. I feel amazing. I don't even think about food Did or you eating every once, once in a while. My stomach will make a noise. I'm so sorry to interrupt, what? but did you tell me once that your eating window was 16 hours? Did I hear you say that? No, that's what I started with. I usually don't tell people what I do because they get stuck on it and think that I it's gotcha. better, you know, longer is better. And so I'm in my group. I'm in my happy place. My hormones are balanced. My fat is off my body. You know, it's like, and I, I'm at a weight right now that is ideal for me. BMI, you know, people argue about BMI, but mm-hmm. I'm in this healthy range and, um, my body fat's like, I don't know, 22, 23%, which is basically like a quarter of my whole body is fat. I'm not mm-hmm. going to run out. So it's not like you turn into like all skin and bones. Like I'm healthy. Right. You just look healthy. Right? You just look really great. You know, yeah. you don't look like yeah. a skinny, like, you, you know, you look great. Right. I hit yeah. my sweet spot. And, and when I, I pulled down my box of clothing from the olden days that were cute that I was really wanting to fit back into <laughs> when everything fit, you know, if you're on a diet, you just go back to doing what you did before. But one of the reasons we intermittent fasters keep doing it is because we feel so well. What, what is there to go back to eating all the time? That sounds terrible. <laughs> and, you know, and so, oh, I was going to say that I, uh, the other day, my stomach growled so loudly that it's, it just made me burst out laughing. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, it's just funny that it does what it does. And hunger as my mentor and friend, Jen Stevens says, hunger is not an emergency. <laughs> I'm just going to be eating later, delicious food that's nourishing. And my body's in repair now tapping into my fat stores, fueling my brain well. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, the brain fog just, d- did you feel like the brain fog? When, when did that like become immediately for you? Immediately. immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. great. So amazing. It is. It is. It really and, is. And then at some point you turned it into your, your, your business. We didn't even get there. Oh my gosh. I feel like we're running out of time, but tell, oh, I can say this part bit about quickly. That. Well, I just, I love people and I, my, it makes my soul and heart happy to have people feel well and people feel in touch with their true nature and their amazing self. Like to have people around me, like fall, I say people come to me for weight loss, but what they really get is they fall in love with their own magnificence. (laughs) I'm like, surprise, you're going to love yourself (laughs) out of working with me and practicing this, this, uh, customized, um, plan that, you get to say how you get to say when you eat and how long you eat and how long you fast. And so people were coming to me, of course, they're like, how, what are you doing? How are you doing it? <laughs> and, uh, I'll never forget. It, it was the new year's day after I'd been intermittent fasting for about six and a half or seven months. 
And I could not start the new year without expressing gratitude and sharing what I had experienced. It was like, I'd kept my head down. I'd kept it private. I, I would say to people, oh, I'm eating later. Or I'd try and if we had lunch plans or whatever, I'd try and make it a little later. Or I'd move my eating window around to match my social plans. But I didn't go around saying, oh, I'm fasting. You know, no, I just kept it to myself. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and then there was a day that I was like, you know what? I think I really want to share this. So on New Year's Day 2018, I mustered up my courage and I put side-by-side pictures of where I had been eight, seven, eight months earlier and what I looked like now and explained what I was doing. And I just said, I cannot start this say, I cannot say goodbye to 2017 without expressing gratitude for this thing that I learned and that I'm doing that is making me feel so well. And I I wrote every resource. I said, if you're curious about this, do all these things, you know, read this book, watch this video. (laughs) And uh, my, my DMs blew up. (laughs) Really? And so then I was coaching friends, telling them what to do seems a little exasperating, you know, because it's just so fragmented. And so I was at a wedding in early October, 2018, and all my friends literally cornered me. I'm like, we're at a party. Leave me alone. I just want to have fun here. (laughs) And they're like, no, you have to teach us exactly what you're doing. And it's, and I'm like, you guys, you just pick when you're going to eat and you drink water and you drink black coffee and then you eat later. And they're like, you're they were really, they were mad at me. They're like, you're a jerk. It's not that easy. (laughs) And so they begged me to have a class. And I said, well, if we're going to have a class, we're going to do it now. And they're like, for the holidays, I'm like, no, no better time. Why would we get to January and like have to go on a diet? We're going to learn how to get through the holidays, enjoying all the delicious food we love and have it in an eating window. And you're going to have my support. It was the best. That's when I started on Zoom was the end of October 2018. And I led a class to 18 people. And my second class, I had people in Australia in it. I don't even know how they found me. And um, that's nuts. That's that's what I do. And then some people don't like a class and some people have a, you know, they prefer the customized, personalized one-on-one or they have a crazy schedule and it's easier to just do the one-on-one. So I have two branches to my work. I lead these classes that I created, which is super fun and inspiring. And then I get the intimacy of the one-on-one support, which is so crazy, is equally as satisfying for me. So you've had just a complete reinvention like everything from your health to your mindset, to your, to your, your attitude towards yourself has changed, right. From what I can tell and, and your career changed. All of it. And what's so funny about this, people are like, well, how do you know how to be a coach? Well, years ago when I lived in New York, I got, I took the year long health coach certification with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and people, it just seemed natural for me to do that because I've had an interest in nutrition, a personal passion for, you know, figuring out how to fuel my body well for well over 20 years. And so I got, I did that, those classes and got certified with, and had no intention of ever using it. Firstly, because, well, I didn't want to, I didn't think I wanted to do that as my job because I never wanted to be the food police. I don't believe that there's one right way for human beings to eat. I think we're bio individual. And so I kind of felt like that didn't sound like fun telling people what to eat. So now I'm the clean Mm -hmm. fasting police. And then we figure out together the foods that are best for you. And really my job is to keep informing and inspiring, cajoling and uplifting people to keep going. (laughs) I'm from the keep going police. You're the keep going police. I love it. I love it. I'm kind (laughs) of a keep going police also in a different way, (laughs) but that is, that is awesome. It's a great thing to do. I I love being the keep going police. I'm so, I'm such a little nudge. It is. I mean, there are so many things. People don't realize that our ancestors, our our bodies are actually designed to not have 
constant availability of food. Except we live in a, an abundant society where it's just like right there in the fridge calling our name, which was really hard for people in the in during COVID. But many people actually took the opposite stance. They were like, okay, I'm inside <laughs> for a long time and I'm going to use this time to improve my health. And now that we're emerging on the other side of it, you know, as human beings do, we're so regretful, right? It's like, oh, why didn't I, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, today is today. Today, you either, you get to look at your clock and say, what time am I going to stop eating today? And when am I going to eat breakfast tomorrow? And, and be mindful like that. Normally we just don't even think about it. And if we start thinking about it, then you can be like, you know, wow, I just grabbed that handful of whatever. And I wasn't even hungry. I was eating out of entertainment or comfort or mm -hmm. not hunger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're designed to actually eat to fuel our bodies. So <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. I love, I love <sighs> digging into what people are dealing with and making it better. I can tell. I can tell it lights you up. It lights you up. And it's so great. And it's been so great to spend this time with you and learn more about intermittent fasting. I've been curious about it. I've been dubious about it. Um, but clearly I kind of did it without thinking about it in a way and it worked. So now I'm like, okay, I think I, I might need to be more mindful about it. I think that if you can, I'm, I, you didn't ask for my help, but I'm going to give it. <laughs> this is like, I'm like totally being selfish. I'm like, give me some coaching girl. If, uh, yeah. If you can be mindful of 12, 12, right. So you're like, okay, I'm going to stop eating dinner at seven 30, have plain water and wake up at five and do your meditation and your fitness. And maybe have a little, are you a coffee drinker, Yvonne? I am, but I hate black coffee. I do not well, like black coffee. You oh, can milk. get I'm used to it. My coffee. Yeah. Okay. So you don't ever have to like it, but a lot of people find that there are some tricks to learning to like it. And what's amazing is that our taste buds regenerate every two weeks. So if you have a little black coffee, a little, you know, shoot back in a, a, if you have an espresso machine, it's really good, but you can have iced coffee or a little espresso or weaken it or like their tricks that people suffer through. And then after about two weeks, when you have all new taste buds, it doesn't taste so bad, but if you can do your 12, 12, have your breakfast and your creamy, I call it candy coffee, have your candy coffee after seven 30 and have three separate meals. Now, if you have this blood sugar challenge, which you seem to, try and prolong those breaks, those pauses mm -hmm. in between your actual meals and have a little snack that settles that maybe some, nut, I don't know, everybody's different. I've been doing nuts everybody's lately. Yeah. I've been doing like yeah. either like a little, um, a little Mandarin, little Clementine Mandarin type thing. And then yeah. I have like a little handful of nuts. That's my, that's Great. my, my current morning snack. Most of the that time. That sounds delicious. It and is. so if you can get to those three distinct meals in between your meals, your insulin's going to come back down and then you'll look forward to having your next meal. And what that does for people are physically, mm -hmm. it's better to pause in between our meals, but you'll also notice how much we eat for comfort and how much we eat for entertainment and just completely mindlessly and just having to like, it right? just ends up, it's like, how'd that end up in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It's like, what, what did I didn't even realize I was doing that <laughs> or it's a habit. Like it, like, like the cereal at night is pure, purely a habit for me and comfort. It's yeah. com it's comfort. Cause yeah. you know, it's not like super nutritious or anything. No, no, it's like <laughs> mostly sugar. It's terrible, but, it, but I love the way it tastes. And <laughs> what's your favorite? Is there one kind that you like, or do you have a mix of, you mix it up? What honey do you nut like? Cheerios is way up there. And I usually mix it. I, I'll do honey nut Cheerios with like mini wheats or honey. I knew you would be a customized. I knew you'd like customize your own blend. <laughs> 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 that's yeah. from like a potpourri 
<laughs> yes. Yes. Hilarious. Oh my gosh. Ah, oh, this has been so much fun. I feel like, yeah, we, we need to talk again at Let's some point. Do it. Let's do it. it. Yeah. 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 It's been Anytime. so great to get to know you. Tell me a little bit, where can people find you and what are you excited about that's coming up like in the next little bit? My business is called fast forward. So it's fast forward wellness.com. People can find out a little bit about me, about intermittent fasting, about what my clients have said about my programs and my coaching. And then you can choose, you can look like, Oh, does the group suit me? Does the one-on-one suit me? And you can write me there. Um, I've also, um, have my group programs are called fast with Lori. So you can also find me at fastwithlaurie.com and just sign up for a group program there. And what I'm excited about my next, I'm always looking forward to the next group program. And especially, you know, here we are together in April, I think it's April, and I'm already thinking about the holiday program. It's so much, it'll be my fourth one. It's so much fun. We read different books and you you think, how could I possibly take a class during the busy holidays? But it's 75 minutes a week and people are there. I recorded in case you have to miss it. You can yeah. watch the recording, but it's so I'm, I'm getting ready for <laughs> from Halloween candy to new Year's champagne. I'm already thinking about it. I love that. You're already planning the holidays. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. That's I so can't cool. wait. Well, thank you uh, so much for taking time to talk to me. And I am so looking forward to staying in touch with you and, you. uh, mm-hmm and keeping the conversation going. Yes. New COVID friends, new, new friendships, heartfelt friendships from across the continent. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Since I talked to Lori, I've been dabbling with doing a 12-hour fast. And I admit, I haven't been totally on point. There have been a few days where I had to eat dinner later and I couldn't push my breakfast back to make the 12-hour window work. But, you know, overall, it's been pretty manageable. And I'm proud to say I am not eating cereal at night. I'm being patient with myself as I try to incorporate this into my life and see where it goes and, you know, we'll see. Um, Anyway, if you are also curious about intermittent fasting and want more information about Lori's programs, I'll have that information for you in the show notes. And I'm excited to say that Lori is going to be joining us in Clubhouse next Tuesday night, May 4th at 7.30 Eastern Time. So... If you want to join us, you can ask her some questions. Please come and join us there. That's May 4th if you want to mark your calendar. I will post the link to join us in the clubhouse room in the show notes. So I'll have it for you there. And you can also um, watch my Instagram feed or stories and I'll have it there in my bio links and stuff like that. Man, oh man, I'd love to have you there. So just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 47. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.